It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to the Weekend Mailbag edition of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. As always, you can find the show on the Himalaya Podcast app, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and elsewhere. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Postmates. You can get a $100 free delivery credit for your first seven days if you download the Postmates app and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Postmates will deliver food to your door. They'll deliver groceries to your door. Whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Have you ever used Postmates, Joe? No, I've heard about them, but I've never used them. They don't have them in Canada as far as I know, or at least where I live in Canada. But they'll deliver you Chipotle. They'll deliver you Chick-fil-A if you're into that. I'm looking at the list for Cincinnati right now. I'm trying to see if, uh, if I can get Skyline Chili or not. I don't see. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I don't see it. But they'll deliver you a lot of different kinds of food. Why do you? I'm still stuck on. You said Chick Fil A. If you're into that, who isn't into Chick Fil A? Uh, vegetarians aren't into Chick Fil A. What about the fries? Good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could. You could say that for any place, right? Like if you're right. into X place, like maybe you don't eat fast food. Is there, is there like a – now, this is the mailbag question for us, but I guess this is for the audience. Is there a restaurant or fast food place that's maybe national? Maybe it doesn't have to be, but um, unanimously, everyone likes it. No. So you don't have to say if you're into that? No. There is no. one, huh? No. Everyone? Nothing is unanimous everyone. in life, Joe. Food, though. No, I mean that's like say a, a good pizza place though. Is there someone that's like oh, I don't like their pizza? Yeah, man, you you hang out with some negative people. No, I just think that negative people exist. I'm realistic about that, you know. Yeah, you're right. You are right. So we got we got questions today, which is really exciting. It's my favorite time of year, every <laughs> week on Friday. Right, it's the best <laughs> podcast ever. Every week, Friday. The first question we're going to take today comes from Caleb at OSU Bengals, and it's not about Ohio State, which, you know, good for you, Caleb, because I know how you are. Uh, Is the Bo Jackson curse real, Joe? Is the Bo Jackson curse real? Um, I mean, no, I guess, right? Because no curses are exactly are, are, are real, I would say is the right way to put that. 
But have they won anything since it? No. What does that mean? Yep. Have they had some of the worst luck in, in NFL history? History? It's through that time frame. Since 1991. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, it's, no, it's not real. But it sure feels real. It sure looks real. <laughs> so, you know, yes. I mean, I guess that means it is real. It's I, real until it's not real, right? Yeah. I don't Just know. What is like, there? Is is there a more famous curse? Or, I mean, there is. The I'm Cubs, trying to think of the Red Sox. Yes. The Cubs just won, though. So yeah, both, yeah, they both just won. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there's a curse on Cleveland. Maybe Mike Brown cursed Cleveland. Nobody really talks about it. Yeah, because the Indians haven't won. Now but, are but the longest. The Cavaliers did win. Yes, that's right. So but I bet win. after LeBron left, they were probably feeling that way. Yeah. What's what was their curse? Who the Je- the the Browns? They have one, right? What was the, the fumble or what happened uh, against John Elway and the Broncos? Oh, I don't know. The drive. That team's no longer the Browns. Oh, is that how you think about it? Yeah. No, that, I don't. That that's the Ravens now. That's the Ravens' no. history. No. Yeah. They fought to keep the Browns' history in Cleveland. I don't care. That team uh-huh. left. The Browns are a historically inept franchise that's never won anything, Joe. The 1999 and, and after Browns. That is the that is the Cleveland Browns, yeah. No, they have the history. Yeah, no, I, I won't budge on this. But the the world disagrees with you. I don't care. The world can disagree oh, okay. with me. I know you don't much care about that. <laughs> I watched this funny thing on, on, on the internet today about how like young people make Older people that they're around feel old when they talk about young people things. Okay. And then there's this other guy in the office. All these, all these like millennials, which is our generation, go and talk to this other guy in the office who's unaffected. He didn't turn into an 80 year old when this young person was talking about young people things. It's, it's, it's a whole skit, right? Okay. And the guy's like, you know how, you know why it doesn't work on me? Because I just don't care. You reach an age where you just don't care what people think. Uh, that seems right. Yes. That's where I am. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have to be old to reach that. It goes and it definitely that I for sure. You care what everyone thinks when you're 15. Yeah, and then it fades more rapidly for others, but you know, for everyone, but it fades from that point. You know what? Speaking of of caring about what people think, we yeah. got two one star reviews on iTunes this week or last oh, week. I, I care about that. Can you guys go give us good reviews? Or bad yes. reviews. But if you're going to give us reviews, don't be like, we don't like your personal interests. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, you, I guess you can said? say that. You, you, you are certainly, you're allowed to not like the things that we like, but we're still going to talk about it. Do you think we got one star re- reviews after the um, old Madden episode? Is that, is that no. a bad episode? No, 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 no. It was before okay. that. Because that would be, I'd, I'd be offended. I'd be very I would too. That was That was some of our best work. Yes. And I, even if you don't like it, it's the game, cool. I mean. It's right. interesting. It is. It's about football. All right, should we move on? Yeah, that was quite a sidebar. That was a intro to intro all. Anyways, next question. NZ, oh, man, you're going to get me with this name here. NZ, uh, what do you think this is, Jake? 
Amy's? N Zanese or Zanais. Oh, you think that's the last name? So, yeah. like, his first name starts with an N, last yeah. name Zanies? Zanais? Zanais? I'm sure. I'm sure he'll tell us. People get real upset when we mispronounce their names, which we do, do you like, think so? every week. I want to know how to pronounce it, though. Me too. Yeah. So if someone says this is how you say it, I go, okay. How yeah, just tell us. Remember? We'll get it right next time. Yeah. Anyways, he asks, what do you think the Bengals game scripts will be like this year? Most national media say to expect a lot of negative game scripts, but I see a lot of neutral game scripts. Okay, can year. we define game script? Yeah, it's if uh, usually neutral is plus or minus seven points. Yeah, so you can run or pass at your at free will. If you're more, if you're down by okay. more than seven, yeah, normally it's ten or plus, and yeah. you usually tend to pass more. So you should expect higher passing stats. A lot of fantasy out, uh, uh, projections take this into account going into the year. Yeah, so you want a negative game script if you want a garbage time quarterback like uh, right. Matthew Stafford. Seems oh yeah, to be every year. Yep. Not not to say the Lions are going to be bad, because I don't really know. I haven't looked, but... Carson Palmer was of. a great garbage time after 05. Uh, Blake Bortles oh, actually yeah. had was like a shockingly effective fantasy quarterback for me one year. Until they got good, and that was his best year, but he was in positive game scripts the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so his fantasy value was terrible. I wrote Blake Bortles for like a solid four-week stretch once, and he was like a top 10 quarterback for those weeks. It was great. Right. So I think I agree there'll be more neutral game scripts. I think it depends on the defense more than the offense. Even though I feel like well, I can. I mean, what's a lot? Well, this what, like, they're what's saying the projection that he's referring to is my question. Oh, I would say most say that they're going to be a bad team, which gives you a negative game script. Well, they will be like they're projected to be a bottom third of the NFL team right now. Yeah, I mean, but this every team's going to have close games, right? So like maybe right. that means. So four, if you're just leaning games, a little bit negative. Maybe four are, of their games have positive game scripts. Right. Four of their games have negative game scripts, game, game, game scripts and eight of them have neutral game scripts. I, I think that's a fair estimate for most teams, for the bulk of, of the NFL. Yeah. I just think the very bad teams like the Cardinals are eight neg- or will end up with eight negative game scripts, you know, like the Cardinals last year. Yeah. You know so, what? This is, a, this is something good that we should look into. We, we could yeah. do an episode on game scripts one of, one of these days. Yeah, but as far as projections, so that may if if you think your uh, team's going to be say you're looking at running backs, that may be why Mixon is slotted a little bit behind some of these guys, other guys that I feel are in the same category, and it's because they probably feel he's going to be in, and especially if you're not in a PPR or a half point PPR, um, you aren't going to see the same amount of carries or touches out of Mixon in that type of year. But the and, Bengals and were Mixon, negative last year, and Mixon does come off the field. On passing down. So at least he did under the yeah. previous regime. They, they would put Gio Bernard out there. Exactly. I, I want to see what projections you're referring to. And Zanaiz or Zaniz or Zanaiz. I, I can't say your name, obviously. But if you can send us a link to whatever it is that you're talking about when you say national media, say positive, negative game scripts, I want to see specifically the content that we're talking about here. That's fair. You want to go on the next one? Well, so did we summarize? I think the Bengals will have very average game scripts in 2019. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And you know what I want out of out of this? Because what impacts it a little bit is I want the Bengals to get like 150 more snaps than what they've been doing the last three years. But that has nothing to do with their game scripts, right? That just has to do with it could. Uh, like efficiency yeah, and, that's more efficiency. and pace of play. 
They're, I, I want their efficiency to definitely increase. Yeah. I mean, but even if you're running plays like 10 seconds off the play clock, if you're not converting third downs, you're, you're not going to get more plays. Yeah. If anything, it kills the defense then. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Chaz. That Chaz Perrin. Welcome back. Chaz to the mailbag. Next offseason, would you consider doing more franchise history content? Yeah. I'd like to. Yeah, there's that book we have to read. Everyone's telling us to go get Chick, Lud- Chick Ludwig's book. Didn't Jeff Hobson do one also? Did he? I don't know. I thought he did. I'd, I'll read them. I don't have either one of them. I should uh, Maybe we can get one of them to send us one. Yeah. And we can review it for the podcast. There you go. Book club. Book club. We yeah, can I read mean, a book on a podcast. It's called audio books, by the way. We're not going to read the book. Oh, okay. Chapter 1, 1968. Paul Brown was born. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Brown was born. No, he he was already born then. No. Mike Brown had his 12th birthday. He had to have like his 20th birthday then. I don't know, man. Math is hard. Next question. (laughs) We've acknowledged that we're not great historians and could do better. Yes. And I'd like to be better. And I'm interested in it. It's just, uh, I think that's, there's a niche for you. We've got a lot of good Bengals writers and, and analysts and whatever you want to call whatever it is that these people do on the Internet. Uh, a Bengals historian, really, that's that would be if you did that all the time. I think people would follow you and listen and watch and read. Yeah. No one's doing it. I mean, Chick Ludwig did it. He wrote a book. Hey, he's not on social media. Like he's not, you know, he's, he's a journalist. He's on social media. I've never interacted with Chick Ludwig, Ludwig one time. He's out there. He's out there. He's out there, man. <laughs> All right, next question. Alex Grigsby. Alex, thanks for coming back again. It's a two-parter. Two-treater. It is a two-parter. I see that. I almost read the second part first. Anyways, this may be a touchy question he starts with. Uh, might have to refer to Jake on this one since he's not employed by them. But he asks, what exactly is The Athletic doing? And is it sustainable? They seem to be grabbing all the top journalist talent. But is the, is the subscription model really enough to pay the bills? I assume they're throwing more money at, at these writers, but I'm skeptical if it can be sustained. I would hate to see all these talented writers laid off in a couple of years when the money isn't there. I feel like this is a pretty common question, right? And the other it thing is. is, the other common thing I see around The Athletic is, why would I pay for this when I can get it for free? And I'm wondering, like, who's giving you that level of content for free? Because... The SB Nation blogs are free, but many of them don't have press credentials, so you're not getting the same level of content. They, they, you know, you, for example, before you were at The Athletic, provided a very specific type of content, mostly for free. But yeah. in the age we're in, when people are trying to make money off of producing good work, which you should, yeah. I, I think it's totally fair. If you spend your time producing something that people want to consume then you charge what people are willing to pay for it. And and so do they have enough money to pay all these top-tier journalists that they've grabbed? And they've grabbed a lot. Yeah. A lot of very good beat writers have gone to The Athletic. I, I don't know. I don't know if the subscription model is enough for that, but it, they, they're continuing to expand. The, the concern I would have, if you're a fan of The Athletic or if you work for The Athletic, is are they expanding too quickly? And you see this... Um, I would say all the examples I can think of right now are in the food industry, but you see this frequently where things are going well, things are going well, let's expand, let's expand, there's all this money available, it'll still be available, 
overexpansion is the death of many companies or at least causes major shrinking, right? So the food examples I'm thinking of, Krispy Kreme went through a massive expansion. And the reason I know this is because uh, you love them family business related to Krispy Kreme. But um, the, the Krispy Kreme expansion, they expanded too much, too fast, and then they had to contract. The other one, I worked for Don Pablo's. You have a Don Pablo's up in Buffalo at any point? No, what is that? It's a Mexican food chain. They just closed their last store, I think, in in like February this year. But I worked for one of those in Cincinnati, and it was incredibly popular. Similar thing. They expanded too much, too fast. And both of these are restaurants, but I think the same concern is there for the athletic to some degree. On the other side of the coin, if they continue to get all the good journalists, and that's the only place you can read them, well, now maybe more people are going to pay. But people don't like paying to read things. It's weird. Um, when I look at other content creators around the the world, around the internet, they get paid differently. Uh, a lot of times they get paid. Well, we talked about this before, I believe, but like you look at people streaming video games, they make insane money. People on YouTube, you have um, to be very good at those things. I understand that. But like the best journalists yeah. aren't making that money. Exactly. Not even yep. a close, not even yeah, a fraction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's all ad revenue driven, right? Like if, if yeah. you as a Bengals writer could get the sort of ad revenue generated that a video game streamer with sure, 5,000 viewers five days a week is going to yeah. get for like an eight hour stream, then, then sure. Sure. If you could play, um, if you could juggle and get that many people to watch you, you'd get, you'd make the same money. Um, my point is just that uh, it's, it's different. Yes. Uh, you, if you want quality content that you enjoy, you're going to have to pay for it and you pay for it in one way or the other, whether that's ads constantly screaming at you or auto playing or whatever the case may be, or, uh, you literally give your money to that app or website or the, or the people you like. If you Patreon, a lot of content creators use Patreon and people are more than willing to throw $2 there a month or whatever the case may be. Uh, but more on the athletic and is this sustainable? Cause this is a lockdown podcast. Yes. I work for the athletic or I'm employed by them, but, uh, I saw it firsthand. I was a salary employee last year. I'm not this year. I, I'm freelance this year. They added some good Cincinnati writers, especially Bengals writers, and they pay well. So you can tell they're getting these good writers because they pay well. I think the model is to suffocate all the other outlets with grabbing all the talent and, if they have the investors that are willing to hold off on making a huge profit for five, ten years, whatever the case it may be. Now, I'm speaking for myself here. This is not representing representative of the company. It's just what I think is happening. Um, then, yes, it'll be you'll have no other choice but to pay for your sports content and especially the good content. And if that's the case, it will succeed. But I think um, how long can investors last? And I don't know how much they're making. I'm just saying I have to assume that they're spending it all on their their talent right now. And can they hold off long enough until that succeeds? And really, I think this is mostly competing with your local newspapers because yeah. they're really trying to scoop up the beat writers. And they have a lot of the nationally like connected writers. They don't have Adrian Wojnarowski or whatever in basketball. They don't have Adam Schefter. Because no, but they have the baseball version. What's his name? Ken Rosenthal. Yes. They, they have yeah, – Ken Rosenthal is like one of their – biggest gets right and easily locally they're doing very very well as well jay glazer oh yeah that's a good one he, they got that him from fox huh yeah well he still does his fox but he, he still and, does fox yeah but he still reports for the athletic and writes pieces for the athletic hmm. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We'll have to see where it goes. I don't think they're competing with the free stuff like Cincy Jungle, but for that premium content, it's like what ESPN Insider kind of tried to be, but ESPN Insider never was, where they're actually putting all of the best content behind the same paywall. There wasn't enough content for ESPN no. Insider. I and had it for a little that bit. They did wasn't good enough. Yeah. For, for, for what I want, anyway. Anyway, we should we should probably move along. Did you have a final closing thought there? No, that's it. I hope it lasts. I hope it keeps going, I and I too. hope it's, it's lucrative. I think that paying for things that are good is... Is the right mind frame. Not a bad thing to do, yeah. Like, I pay for Netflix right now, but, you know, the, the way it's going, I'm going to stop paying for Netflix soon. Anyway. But a lot of people won't pay for Netflix. A lot of people say, why would I pay for that when I can get it free with a device of some sort? Yeah. I don't that's get just, it free And that's fine. Device, but yeah, I don't... I, I'm with you. I pay for the products I use. And I mean, I'm going to stop paying for Netflix when they lose everybody and everyone does their own streaming app. And then all the streaming apps are going to die because nobody's going to pay for all of them. And then we're going to be back to cable because those anyway, that's we're, we're a football podcast. We're going to take a break and come back and talk some more about the Bengals. We'll be right back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back again. The Locked On Bengals Podcast Mailbag Edition. You can hear the excitement in my voice, right? So stoked. That that caught me off guard, I'll be honest with you. You looked very, uh, on the camera, you looked very, like, even. You had a poker face on. Gotta gotta keep them guessing. Keep them on their toes. Next question from Dustin O. Dustin asks, do both rookie running backs make the team? Is Ryan Glasgow ready to return for week one? Uh, yes and yes. I agree. I think, what's his name? Rodney Anderson might be on the PUP or the IR. Yeah. One or the other. And then Glasgow, Quentin Flowers makes I, the team in that case. Does he? I don't know. Do they keep four? Or they just say, well, Anderson will be back after six weeks. We'll, you know, we'll go with three for now and keep Flowers on the practice squad. And... I mean, is that is that it? Is Clinton Flowers the fourth guy right now? Yeah, I would say he is. Did I just say Clinton Flowers? Quinton Flowers. What did I say? Can't even remember. I don't listen to you. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah guess, Ryan... I guess it would be. I, I think they'll both, I think they'll all make the team. Yeah, and Ryan Glasgow, I think the last update was on The Athletic by Paul Denner when he did a piece on Glasgow and Lawson working out together. Uh, They were injured about the same point early in the year, so I think Glasgow is actually on pace to be ready. But the tackles, uh, you know, I don't know what to expect year one from a D-tackle on a knee injury. Gino had a slump the year he came back. A lot of of players do. It's hard to come back from. Yeah. A lot of traffic around your legs, especially on that defensive line. One cut block, and you're you know you're getting nervous. I think are cut blocks illegal now? 
You're not listening to me again? I just asked you a question. No, I listened to you. I, I had to like deep – it was buried in my uh, closet in my memory bank, and I could not find if they were – no, I don't think cut blocks are illegal. I think shot blocks and coming in from different angles are illegal while, it got, while players already engaged. Were they talking about making cut blocks illegal? I could have sworn that you this know what we should thing. just do. You know what the, this is what people did in the eighties and nineties, Jake. They debated. They didn't know the answer. They had a beer and they keep kept moving. Now you pull out your phone and you Google it really fast. Yeah, Are people, cup blocks people, illegal? People say like, yeah. Why don't we just talk about it like we used to? Well, because nobody knows. Like you just want to guess about it for five minutes. Sure, I guess. I mean, if that's fun for you. It's, it's, it's a totally different thing. Like pulling out your phone to look it up doesn't replace that. It's just a different thing. It just gives you the correct answer. It yeah. says uh, it's only illegal if they're engaged with another. Okay. So uh, it's only, what's that called? The, the That's called a chop block, right? Yeah. Yeah. Next question comes from Jordan Grigsby at Jordan Grigsby 5, another mailbag regular. The A failed like many other NFL minor leagues. But if you had the means and power, what would your perfect NFL minor league look like? This is funny because I went to the Senior Bowls for the first time this year. And in doing so, I got to meet some AAF people and definitely met some XFL. Uh, Eric Elko, who runs Optimum Scouting, is their lead personnel guy now. And a lot of his scouts are people we've known from Twitter and talked to. And like Justice Mosqueda is a scout for them. Uh, Their plan was a year off from the AAF. So the AAF kind of rushed it and didn't have the backing they had a like a two-week contract so they they were like this you know if we if we nail it we can hopefully make some money and and this could work uh, and it wasn't bad it just it didn't have the backing right we saw by like what week three or four they couldn't pay the players anymore it wasn't a bad league it wasn't a bad product it was poor football but entertaining and that's the part i think i would focus on is yeah, the business side of, of planning in a year out, I think the XFL has the right idea there. I remember the XFL as being this crazy sport F football game where things were stupid. But now I think you have to find ways to make it exciting without having the high-end talent pool. So I would I would try to go that route. It wouldn't be like Arena League, anything like that, because I think it has to look like football. But I would be open to more radical rule changes and ideas that uh, maybe people throw out there that are good. But I think sometimes NFL is a little conservative to try it, and, and college football is, is also. But and I think I would definitely uh, try and make it technologically advanced and fun. Uh, the problem with technologically advanced is the money, right? But I, I do yeah. agree with you about experiment with rule changes, like get rid of the spot foul for pass interference. Make right. make offensive holding a five yard penalty. Yep, things like that. You know, make make whatever, whatever. Um, the other thing I would do in my perfect NFL minor league is that the the minor league teams would have to be one hundred percent have to be tied directly to an NFL roster. Each team would need. You'd its have to own... have thirty two teams exactly, but that's the it... only way it works. You can't because then it. the teams are invested in it. Do you think you could do a division, have a team? No, because then who who gets the quarterback? That's because because all right. No, so no, maybe... no. You would have your guys, but they would make up uh, one roster. 
So each each player, each team would have 12 or 13 guys on one team in that division. You'd have 50 guys. It's not a minor league then. It's just it's just another league. Why isn't it a minor league? You can call these guys up. They're your they still then, have Then you need to get the division to agree on a coaching staff and a development plan for guys. Like no, what the, if what if there's it, three running backs on a team and they all come from different NFL teams? Okay. Who gets the playing time? The guy who wants to, the coach is going to play him. The coach will be independent. The the team will be independent. They get the roster from the NFL. Yeah, and then and then you bribe one of the coaches so your guy gets to develop and the other guy doesn't. I think that's too prone to corruption. Wouldn't they want to win? What's the incentive to win? It's, it's there to develop players. Yeah, but if you got the right coaches that maybe need the opportunity to show they can coach and lead, they may have a future as Again. a coach. I think there are enough players. So the other thing that I think makes this work is it, it it's an alternative to college football. Because uh, the NCAA is a scam. I think It would be a worse product, though. It wouldn't be if the top players went to the NFL minor league instead of going to college. Ah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it would, I it would have to replace. That, right? What's that? I don't think they want to do that, though, do they? Uh, I think the NCAA doesn't want you to do it, but if the NFL could figure out a way to make it work, that would be a ton of money. It would be. And NCAA makes a lot of stupid, crazy money. And the NCAA also scams these dudes. I mean, well, yeah. the, player, uh, the, the amount of money they make off of student-athletes, and I'm sure this is going to be a very divisive opinion, I'm, I'm with the players. Is it? Yeah, it is. There's there's plenty of people out there that think they get paid with an education, they get paid with exposure, they get paid by throwing their bodies in front of it's gladiators in college at a at a university that's making that university in many cases a ton of money, way more than they possibly could cost a university. And and what do they get out of it? They get drafted? They have a chance at making league minimum? Yeah, Jonah Williams got hurt his rookie year. Not even going to play. Jonah Williams is, is a success story. But, I mean, if, okay. We so the, the other side of that is on an open market, and this was just a, a huge issue in the NBA draft. If it was an open market, open market bidding, well, who's going to oh, get I Kyler Murray? Who's going right. to get Baker Mayfield last year? It's not going to be the Browns. No. No, I hate that. I don't like that idea. I know you hate that idea. Because from, we're Bengals fans. Exactly. From a, from a competitive standpoint, from a I want my team to be good standpoint, it's a bad idea. From a, right. from a, from a player perspective, and generally I am of the opinion that you should support the players more than you support the teams, it's a great idea. I try to support both. It's impossible. I mean, it's possible to a point, but then you get to a point where the players are making fractions of what the owners are making and it falls apart. Oh, I agree. That's that. This is a larger conversation on life. I mean, they're gonna. It may p- go through the house this week. That fifteen dollars is the minimum wage eventually, and there's people that feel the, a similar way about that. If you look at inflation, I mean, let's not. But let's if you not. look at inflation, fifteen dollars today is probably is what minimum nothing. wage was twenty years ago, right? Yeah, peanuts. We're the per hour the. Unskilled labor is making the least amount they ever have in the United States. Anyways, well, since the Industrial Revolution. Anyways, next question. So we huh? answered like two questions since the break. Are <laughs> we ready for the next one? Yeah, we've answered two questions since the break. It's been about eight minutes. All right, let's go. Sean Thorfinson, MTN Sean. Are the metrics around quarterback rating per type of route run? Are there metrics around quarterback rating per type of route run? 
I'm interested to see where Dalton excels versus struggles. There are. There are. Pro Football Focus does a QB annual that has amazing and interesting information in it. You can go check that out. I'll tell you, the the routes that he had the highest passer rating on last year were comebacks, 106.3, which is a a comeback to the outside. So a hitch, I think, is probably... Inside. Hitch is inside? I think so, yeah. Comebacks on the outside. The way the arrow goes, it's a longer arrow inside. Okay. I guess it would also depend on if, if... Does it show on the left or the right? Actually, yeah, it's on the right. Okay. The route's from the right of the quarterback, right? I believe so. Yeah. That's my interpretation here. Um, But I think also these are different routes. uh, And there might be a legend in here. But anyway, 105 on the go. uh, 123 on either... See, this is where it's confusing. It's either a drag or a flat. I can't tell. Well, it's the same thing. Just depending on how you're running it. Yeah, but they do they do split them out. They're they're different categories here. Fourteen percent of his throws went there. One hundred twenty three quarterback rating. He his his worst were were posts and flags last year. Seven percent of his throws combined, and passer rating sixty one or lower for those. So go check out the QB annual Pro Football Focus if you're interested in seeing more details here. We can't share all of it, but you can get a breakdown of area of field and how well he performed in each area of the field he was much better for example throwing to the right than he was to the left hmm. and um does it say inside the hashes or inside it, the numbers it, does. And outside? it breaks down there's there's two categories outside the hashes and there are five categories inside the hashes and i think it goes every five yards or so there's yeah, another i've seen that yeah i just want to say when i said uh flat and drag being the same thing flat would be more of the of a running back going into the flats or maybe the slot receiver running like maybe just a quick um, a spot pass or, or a kind of a screen where a drag is more going across the middle. But it, depending on where that receiver is running it from, the, the, the picture probably doesn't explain what it is. I love the QB annual because they also have, have started charting um, specific accuracy metrics. Right, like and is it catchable or um, is it on target and stuff like that, They right? have behind, they have like yeah. back foot, they have accurate, they have frame, so they have like big bullseye, little bullseye. They have low, they have underthrown, which means it's hitting the dirt. They have high, they have overthrown, and then front, and then way ahead. Do they summarize it though? Will they tell they me, do. like, does it, where does Andy Dalton rank in terms of on target throws and or, you know, ball placement? Uh Good, good, really? Be- better than average. Hmm. He he's 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 average at overthrows. He's below average at overthrows. Average at high throws. Below, below average, average meaning he has more overthrows than than normal. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because below average can mean he has less than average, yeah, right? I got you. But yes, right. means means better than average. So, uh, pretty pretty interesting stuff. Go check out the QB annual for all those sorts of details. You got the next question, player. I do. Bengals Junkie, at one Bengals Junkie, asks, I think another mailbag regular, who are two to three players that could be surprise roster cuts before week one? So surprise. I would have, you know, I think a lot of us would have said Clint Bowling a couple months ago. We can throw that out. I'm going to say John Jerry is one. Was that a surprise? I don't know. Maybe. But I think uh, 
after you know camp goes through or whatever and he's getting a good chunk of snaps and we're not sure how the team feels about Westerman that, that can go any way I do think uh it would be a surprise or it could be one of those where John Jerry is cut you got any others Wester or Westerman would be a surprise to me sure there and you he go. could get cut yeah that that's a possibility that exists um Gio Bernard could be a very surprising cut It'd be an angry cut, too. If they did that, I'd be mad. I wouldn't be happy about it. I'm not saying I'd be happy about it. That's that's for sure. Um, let's see. Looking at the wide receivers, nobody stands out as something that could be surprising. Yeah. Ryan Finley. Sure. That would right? be a bit of a surprising cut. Because he, cause he traded up for him in the fourth round. Yeah. But yeah. Jeff Driscoll was cut his his rookie year, and I believe he's a fourth rounder. Or so uh, but he wasn't had, their fourth rounder, was he? No, it was the Niners. Yeah, maybe fifth rounder. But point being is that if Daladoga looks like the Dolagala, thank you. Doesn't doesn't matter when he earns his name. I'll say it correctly. No, oh, it's, I, I really messed it up. Joe, I messed up. On. All right, you're right. Uh, anyways, if he earns that number three spot, where. Uh, you know, you know, you can get him on the practice squad too, and then Driscoll beats out Finley. It's a, it's a decision they'll have to make. It is, and I expect that they will have to make it. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and finish it up with a few more questions. BWM, such a great podcast. I yeah, I'd be very surprised if BWM gets cut. Right. Yeah, I would too. I'm just saying. Yeah, fair enough. We'll be right back. Jordan Willis. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's Friday for us, sort of. It depends on when you're listening to this, but it's the mailbag edition. You you guys should see how loose Jake is. He just got a massage before the podcast. He popped a blue chew, had a massage, came in here. He is feeling it. No. No. Oh, that's not what happened? That's not okay. Why wouldn't it be okay? That is not why you go get massages, Joe. No, I don't mean like that. Nothing illegal, or is that legal in Canada? It's definitely not legal. Okay. I didn't mean like that. I just meant to, you know, com- just decompress a little. That's not how those pills work. Have you... What do you mean? Oh, my God. These aren't muscle relaxers? You, you've done the ad read. <laughs> Anyways, the next I'm question. embarrassed. From Alex Grigby. He's got okay. three questions today. Way to go, Alex. Yeah, way to go. What are your guys' game rituals? I like to watch a game at home absolutely by myself. I can't stand to watch a game behind everyone else if I have to record it because it will always be spoiled for me. Yeah, I can't watch games behind either. I mean, I can go back and watch the tape on it, but I'm never going to watch the whole game if I miss it. I, I'm I just seemingly 30 seconds behind. Oh. Uh... Because I record stuff. I do Clips. watch things 30 seconds behind because I watch them online. Yeah. So, yes, that is my yes, life. Yes, you are. I know you are. I've seen your comments before. Yeah. 
during the game. I'm like, Jake's definitely a minute behind here. Yeah, at least a minute behind. And that's even with the legal online options, <laughs> to be clear. Right. Um, and it does suck, for sure. Um, but I, the way that I handle that is I watch... Um, I watch the play, then I tweet. And every now and then, I'm so far behind that I see the result of the next play. Hmm. Which is... I don't mind being spoiled, though, because it's going to happen anyway, right? So, It's like watch... That must be like when you review, review film or watch it the next day. The game is completely different when you watch it again. A lot of, I know a lot yeah. of people don't watch games again. It's... It's like you didn't watch it the first time. It's your emotion is completely. I don't know about you guys. I get. Oh yeah. I get fired up. I get emotional while watching. So um, the next day, when I when I plug the game in again, it's like, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, this player did this, or or and things that I I do notice a lot during uh, live games. But uh, yeah, I, I need that second watching. Yeah, usually like the first few drives of a game, I can watch like very clinically. Yeah. And then then it's like and then something crazy happens and I start yelling at my TV. Right. <laughs> a bad call or some or something they should have done or a player makes a mistake that's blatant and and I I lose my analyst side and I start going, you know, this wouldn't happen if this. I mean, I guess that's kind of analytical, but definitely on the fan side of it. Yeah. As far as rituals though, I watch in the living room. My kids are around, they're going nuts, but they don't my son doesn't. He will not watch football with me at all. It's this is like heartbreaking for me to tell you guys. He hates sports. That's okay, man. It is okay, but I would love it if he would sit there and watch games with me. Yeah, people can have whatever interest they want. I don't but, force it on him. Yeah, that's good. I just say, you know, I if you want to hang out with me, I'm sitting here for three and a half hours. <laughs> is maybe that a bad dad? Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I, when I was his age, I wasn't watching football. Oh, I was. I don't like I said. I don't think I really like. I watched every now and then, but I don't think it really meant anything to me until he's nine. If you guys don't know, yeah. And so for me, it didn't really mean anything to me until they hired Marvin Lewis. So I would have been like thirteen at the time. I was really into basketball as a kid because I was born in Chicago and my parents were Bulls fans, and so I was watching Michael Jordan's Bulls in the nineties as a kid. Yeah, I guess you're right. Nine, maybe I I'd watch if my dad was watching, but. Uh... And long story short, they split up and I didn't start watching it until hardcore until I was like 11, 12, 13. Yes, in that range. It, got, it probably got, when Matt started playing Madden consistently, I started watching oh, yeah. football. So it had to be around, around 12 years old. Yeah, which is roughly the same for me. Yeah, that makes sense. So no rituals then. I don't have anything where I've got to wear these socks or shoes or hat or underwear. Or yeah. Like I don't got to take a shot before the game to calm my nerves, even though I should. I never, yeah, drinking and people say everyone go get your whiskey, and it's just like that's nah, it's not going to do it for me. No, because I like to focus, so uh, I don't do it until after. The only thing I do is I have this AJ Green shirt jersey, mm-hmm. you know, where it just says Bengals on the front and has his number on the back. I wear that a lot of game days. I see, but not every game day. No. Next, Next question, question comes from Maddie Wayne. Who called me out appropriately for getting the Prices Right host Wayne Brady incorrect? He hosts some other daytime mm-hmm. game show. Drew That's why Carey. he said you were so confident yeah. about it. Because I said Drew Carey, and you're like, no, not anymore. It's it's Wayne Brady. I could have sworn I saw Wayne Brady on it, but but I was wrong. It is still Drew Carey. I'm okay with getting called out too if 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 you're correct. I right. don't care if I'm wrong. If you call me out and you're wrong. 
Or He's serious, too. I can see his face. He doesn't care. <laughs> what? He's what not taking this to heart at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, am I convincing right there? Or do people think, like, oh, yes, he's taking this to heart? I don't know, man. I don't know what people think about me. And like <laughs> we said earlier, I don't care. Next question, though. Maddie Wayne asks, pop quiz. Andy Dalton has an identical season to that of 2015. What's the highest dollar amount you go before letting him walk? And I'm assuming... Identical. For the purpose of this question, identical does not include the thumb injury. Right. Because then I wouldn't offer him a deal again. Because you can't do that again. Uh, So this is evaluation and production-wise. Does this mean they go 11-5, 12-4? Yes. Hmm. Okay, so that means it's a great fit well, with Zach Taylor. Maybe, maybe, maybe one game worse than you think because the defense is one game worse than 2015. Right, right. Sure, right. Um, so the dollar amount we're saying average per year. I guess so. Because Dak Prescott's going to get like 37 million. They said that was <laughs> next. Right. He's better than Dalton, I guess. He is, but like just slightly. If Dalton's 16th best quarterback, Dak's 14 or 13. So does that mean Dalton gets $30 million a year at least? I don't do it. I don't do it. It's a lot to swallow when you start talking about giving a guy a third contract at that clip. He better – I mean, okay. What what quarterbacks earn third contracts with their teams? Like the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers of the world. The elites, yeah. Matt Stafford, did he get a third or did he just get a big Oh, yeah, second? he's got to be on his fourth. He's, he came in at 20 years old. Stafford? Yeah, on Stafford's young. He's, he's got to be at least on his third, at least. I'll look into it while you talk about other things. Okay, I'm going to continue to talk about Dalton. So, also, we're saying they go 10-6 and six at least, maybe 11-5, maybe 12-4. What does that playoff game look like? Um, I don't know what it would have would have looked like in 2015 we we like to think that that was their best team that that was Dalton's best year and that he would have finally played good in the playoffs well in the playoffs but again though largely the team didn't play good that playoff game they got a late touchdown and somehow kept the Steelers from you know the Big Ben goes out for a quarter and the Steelers really weren't productive all all game but I don't think that was a good game I think it was their best playoff game but that doesn't mean much uh so that playoff game would probably hold a lot of water to what I offer. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. If they uh, the playoff game really dictates a lot, but yeah. at the same time, it's like it's just one game. I know. I have such I a hard time putting too much weight on playoff games because you see guys like David Tyree who are playoff Joe game Flacco. heroes, and then they don't do anything for the rest of their careers. You have I mean, to I, be good at everything. Like, you can't just only be good in the playoffs. I mean, you can't be bad in the playoffs either, I guess. You can't be bad in the playoffs. If anything, you can't be bad. You can't be statistically the worst quarterback of all time in the playoffs. I guess so, yeah. So I found the details on Matt Stafford. Okay. He signed a six-year deal as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was, that was back in the day. And he signed a three-year extension to that contract in okay. year four. Okay, yeah. So only added a year onto it. Um, math here I guess so because in 2017 yeah his first yeah so his first nine years were one contract I guess makes sense but that okay. included an extension with some more money okay and okay then, so it was an extension onto the six 
Right, because it was a different rookie contract structure then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and then he signed a five-year deal in 2017. Makes sense. Yeah. So he's in his third contract. Already third three years into that one, huh? 17, uh, 18, 19. He yeah, he's going into his third year on that deal. His average annual is only 20 million. Well, they he's they signed him early. What's his age? Does it have it right there? He's he got to be 31. 31. Okay. Yeah, that's he's been in the league for a long time. Same age as Dalton. And similarly skilled. I mean, in terms of production. the end game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question. Right. Alex Grigsby again. Where would you have drafted Jonah Williams if you knew he'd missed the entire year? Who would you pick instead of Jonah Williams with that Bengals pick? Because I would not have taken Jonah Williams at no. 11 if he was hurt. You, he would have to go. Where's who was the guy that was hurt this year? Mississippi State. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons. He went nineteenth. Right. And and I think he's probably a better prospect than Jonah Williams. Yes. He was a top five kind of guy. Jonah Williams top ten kind of guy. So I think Jonah Williams would go somewhere around the end of the first round. I do too, especially with the way the run on O lineman kind of went there. So now a lot of guys were pushed back that were hurt, like Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. So maybe he ends up in that range of top second round. I guess it's possible. Yeah. Who would you have taken instead? Um, looking at it, and it's pretty tricky because there's that run on the three guys. Like, what, Remember when we were sitting there at seven, it was Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, Ed Oliver, De- Devin Bush, Jonah Williams. Like those four guys that go right before the Bengals pick. Yeah. Right. It, it, they picked them off. But we also thought Andre Dillard at the time also. Like we if did. they ended up with Dillard, we wouldn't be mad. It, and it could have been Dillard there. It could have been uh, in, in retrospect, like if you know – Flint Bowling is hurt. Does that make Chris Lindstrom sure. somebody that you consider at 11? Do you do you like him enough? Or do you just say, you know what? Wait, this, did this... I read something that said they liked Lindstrom a lot now that I think about it? And then now that we know that Clint Bowling was dealing with that before the draft? That would make sense. Yeah. I'm like, something just popped into my mind. Like, oh, yeah, that you did hear that. And it didn't make any sense at the time. Right. Was it, Yeah, because it was. Yeah, it was a guard. Yeah. They were working out a lot of guards. And we didn't yeah. understand it. Yep. We were like, why are they moving on from Clint Bowling? Now we know. Uh, but I think you pick between Dwayne Haskins and Brian Burns. Man, that is burning in my head. Someone told me they were considering Lindstrom in a trade back. Hmm. There you go. All right. Yeah. So okay. maybe the Bengals would have picked Chris Lindstrom or traded back right. to take Chris Lindstrom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also, right, I might have went Dillard uh, in that spot. Yeah. Good. Which would be okay. Good. Yes. yes. Let's move on. Yes. Man, I just remember JJ Arcega Whiteside as a guy. Eagles. The Eagles had a good draft. They did. They're a good team. They have a really good roster. Good management, good coaching, good roster. Really good GM. How yes. do you feel about how do you feel about Carson Wentz? I like his upside plays. Yeah. Uh high variance. A lot of times, but I think he can make plays out of structure. I think he's very good at making plays out of structure. I think some, at times he wants to make plays out of structure, but he is very intelligent and can play within structure to the ex- exactly what a coordinator would want. So I think that year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, he was an MVP discussion because yeah. of that, because yeah. he could do both, and that's a rare thing. I, if he's healthy, I like him. We saw him banged up last year, and he he's just not as good when he can't do the stuff outside of structure. Yep. All right, fair. Our next question comes from Tyler Lindsay, another mailbag regular at Twitter. 
on Twitter at TylerLindsay08. There was a proposal last week where the NFL moved to an 18-game regular season. Players would only be allowed to play 16 games of that season. How do you feel about that? Does this mean more kickers, more money to back up quarterbacks? What do you do with the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera? I hate it. Joe, go. This proposal did not include quarterbacks, kickers, punters, and long snappers. So they could all play 18 games. Um, yes, that's so that was important. I, I talked about quarterbacks and used quarterbacks on my examples when I was talking on Twitter to, you know, flesh out the idea. But I understood that quarterbacks weren't in there. Uh, still, at the same time, the O-line would be the hard part. There's not a good offensive lineman to go around the entire league as it is. If you need backups to play, I think the hard part for me, and it's, yeah, that's strategy, but... Let's say you're the Bengals, right? And you're going into the year with this lineup of what we think it's going to be on the O-line with Cordy Glenn, Westerman, Price, uh, Miller, and then Hart. Who do you start at tackle for four games that He's you've got to sit? Right, you got to sit Glenn and Hart. I mean, you're going to pay these backups because of that. It's got to be you better have a swing guy that can legitimately, legitimately play four positions, right? And you play them for eight games because of it. Trey Hopkins would probably play 10 games. And you, if you could manage it that way without a guy getting injured, yeah, it would be interesting. It, it, you would definitely need that. O-line would be the hard part because there also has to have to be a snap threshold. If a guy plays 10 snaps, that counts as a game. Should that count as a game? If, if a guy plays 51% of the snaps, now does that count as a game? Yeah, I think that should. But then you could also manage it that way where you're like, okay, defensive lineman, you're only playing 35% of the snaps this week. You're not going to count, so we're going to be able to use you all year. But I think that would make sense because you still only end up with 650 snaps on a year. That's not egregious. I just think the idea will never work. I think you go 18, you don't worry about all that other stuff playing 16, and I think you give them two bye weeks and you cut out a preseason game and we move forward. Give them three bye weeks. It's a dance. The proposal we saw is the NFLPA has to agree to it. There's, it sounds like they're making good headway, but this is going to be the part that's really, it seems they're like this is going to be the roadblock. They have to agree to something. And the CBA, this is coming up now because the CBA is coming up and it seems like they're making early negotiations, which mean early negotiations usually means, and I, I've done them in a union, that the ownership is willing to move on some issues that you have, but they've got something big on the table that if they can convince you or get you to go on with it, um, we can get an early contract, which is a good thing. Those are good things typically in negotiation. So I think it's the 18-game schedule. The NFLPA has to say health is a big reason for us. Pay is a big reason for us. Uh, we want to expand the roster, which creates more jobs. We want to increase the minimum salary. We want to whatever it is that they want to get pushed through. Now's the time to do it. Players want more pieces of the revenue sharing pie of course yes well um, the packers i think i saw the packers only pro and i say only in quotes uh what was it like seven million dollar profit or 70 i gotta go look it up now okay do you want me to continue okay so and i was gonna also say maybe relax on marijuana and and drug related issues maybe suspension gets streamlined or defined a little bit a discipline player discipline gets this you know you have a committee that's already there but it right now it seems very is there evidence or not is it a good player or not you know and that's probably yeah. not fair they, they I, i'm sure union doesn't want preferential treatment like that they want would like it more the, if this happens this is the result this is this this is the disciplinary decision let a third party do discipline take it out of the hands of the commissioner 
Right. I mean, the NFL will probably never give that up, but that would be huge. I think I think what's likely to happen is that the NFL will make concessions on like marijuana because who cares? It's legal right. now in Canada. It's legal wholesale, in a lot of states. Wholesale legal in Canada, legal in a lot of states, decriminalized in a lot more states. Yes, very, and that, it, very that that's happening a lot. So and and it's just it's frequently used for pain management, especially some of the some of the low THC compounds. Yeah. So it's not even you have to you don't have to advocate for marijuana. The uh, the inverse is look what they do with painkillers in the NFL. It's it's like the unspoken thing, but everyone knows it. It's terrible, and, and yeah. players get addicted, they get hooked, and we know painkillers what they do to society, anyways. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's try and find a better alternative, and I think that's everyone can get on board with it. Plus, guys are getting suspended for it. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, let's fix the punishment to punish criminals. You know, like domestic abusers. Yes, right. You and, should not be not four people for, for smoking for marijuana. Weed. Right. Packers profit last year dropped ninety eight percent to seven hundred and twenty four thousand dollars. Why? I have no idea, but that's insane to think that. Uh, no, they're pulling some some white collar loophole on us. Hurt by losing an Aaron Rodgers mega deal. Come on. I I don't know what to tell you. I agree. It's really weird. Is, is this after profit sharing? Uh yeah, the yeah. the the Packers' expenses apparently rose by fifty seven million dollars, and they their profit margin in two thousand eighteen was uh. So this is I guess going back to the two thousand seventeen season was seventy five million. Their profit for wait a minute. Yeah, they reported a profit. Yeah, it could be weird accounting. But their profits have been going down from seventy-five million to thirty-four million to seven hundred twenty-four thousand dollars. Well, profit sharing gave the Packers two hundred fifty-five million in twenty seventeen, which so would only this, be which would be about half of their expenses. That's half of their expenses. It's a little bit more than half. Their expenses were four hundred seventy-seven million. Hmm. Interesting. According to this article, did they go on free agency and spend? Yeah, they did. It's interesting stuff. Three or four years ago, they put fifty million into the corporate reserve, so they have some maybe unreaped capital gains that they're hiding. They're doing some funny accounting, probably. That's probably part of it. Our last question, Joe, is yours to read. Oh, it is. All right, I'm sorry. I started texting my brother there. What a bad uh, host I am. Anyways, Cal Scoble has the last question. What underutilized player on the Bengals do you think would be a pro bowler elsewhere? I guarantee Alex Erickson makes the pro bowl in New England. This is Kyle talking, not me. And what player on any other team could be better utilized here and would be a pro bowler? I think that Alex Erickson would not be a pro bowler in New England. We'll start I wonder. There. I'm going to look something up, so you, you go ahead and talk. So what Bengals player could be a pro bowler elsewhere who isn't a pro bowler today? Yeah. I feel like. Like, I don't know, maybe William Jackson? I feel like the Bengals are pretty fairly represented lately because they haven't been very good. Like, before, you could say Andrew Whitworth, any year he didn't make it. Right. Here, there's, um, okay, so this this is what I suspected. Julian Edelman has never made the Pro Bowl. 
Yeah, like the the Patriots don't have guys going to Pro Bowls at receiver. Right. And he's been productive. I mean, in fact, he's made one of the most productive uh, playoff receivers of all time. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think – so Erickson would not make the Pro Bowl there. He's no. not as good as Edelman. He – I. You know, maybe he'd be a productive player, more productive than he is with the Bengals. I actually, I would agree with that. Um, but he wouldn't be a Pro Bowler. Yeah, he gets, like he like Rex productive. Burkhead is more productive with the with the Patriots. Yeah, he gets the ball, but he's right. But he's not a Pro Bowler, and they know how to scheme things open and, and right. use them. Player on another team that could be better utilized in Cincinnati and could be a Pro Bowler in Cincinnati. Is that a thing? I, I think you're less likely, no matter what position, mm-hmm. to make the Pro Bowl in Cincinnati. Because Dalton's been to a few Pro Bowls. I was thinking maybe a quarterback in the, right. in the earlier 2000s could, right. could get a boost from the, the weapons in Cincinnati. But those guys are going to Pro Bowls anyway because quarterbacks always drop out. It would have to be a skill position, and the Bengals are loaded at those already, um, because it would have to be fantasy football. I mean, that's how you get the national attention or the casual fan to realize them. I mean, if it's a linebacker, you put uh, – you know. Uh, uh, a good linebacker, let's, let's say Eric Hendricks from the Vikings, on the Bengals. No one knows about him. No one cares. Probably looks worse, too. Darius Leonard. Pro- well, Darius Leonard did just win Rookie of the Year in Indianapolis. I was going to say he probably wouldn't win Rookie of the Year in, in Cincinnati, but Indianapolis is pretty much the same market, except they have Andrew Luck, I guess. If Jermaine Pratt has the Darius Leonard Rookie Year, right, let's say if, let's say Jonah Williams was their Quentin Nelson and, and Jermaine Pratt was their um, Darius Leonard and, and they get the right coaching hire – Everyone plays way better, right? Because the and, Colts and Willis is their Margus Hunt. Whatever, yes, fine. <laughs> but the point being is, we see a Frank Reich turn around with the, all the talent on this on this team, and they get attention, and people talk about him. People want to talk about Andrew Luck; he's the golden boy, different than Andy Dalton. But point being is, if they get to the playoffs, um, yeah, but, uh, Jermaine Pratt, um, excuse me, even as a rookie, could make the Pro Bowl, but. Uh, I, I still feel like it's it's less likely because of the unexciting players they have currently on the roster to get the attention, right? If Jesse Bates has like a slightly better year and he was on a better team, he might be a Pro Bowl guy and he might get overlooked in Cincinnati. I can see Jesse Bates getting overlooked in Cincinnati. William Jackson is the example. He should have been a Pro Bowler as a second year starting. And then last year he right. didn't have as good of a year. Now when you see him ranked, even on Madden, we just said he's the 24th ranked cornerback. You see the everyone's like, well, there's not that elite guy who's the second Jackson tier. Early, yeah. yeah, I'm just I, I think you you hit it. So, um, and people rattle off ten corners and not even mention William Jackson as, as like the second tier guys that could be elite. And I'm like, yeah, he's getting overlooked. Yeah, I talked. I was on Buffalo um, Sports Radio today. They want to talk about the Bengals because their home opener week three is against the Bengals, and. You know, I'm rattling off names and like Carl Lawson, someone I mentioned, and like they don't know who he is. I feel like they don't know who William Jackson is, and that's okay yeah. because it's an out of town radio station. But they should know who those two are because I think they're cornerstone players for this team. Yep, all makes sense to me. I'm not so I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. No, it's it's hard when you start talking about. And we've talked about this before. When people ask us for things like surprises or like would be a Pro Bowler somewhere, or could be a Pro Bowler here. I don't know. That gets hard for me to think about because I feel like I have a pretty fair understanding of who's good on the Bengals. Yeah. As it relates to the rest of the league, and I think that lately they've been pretty fairly represented at the Pro Bowl. I think it's 
with the data we have, you know, PFF and other other sites and other analy- analysts and analytics, I think we get the best representation that it's we've better. ever had. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And like guys that made the Pro Bowl, I remember Ruben Brown, another Bills story, I guess. Ruben Brown, he made the Pro Bowl, he made like nine straight Pro Bowls. And he's not a Hall of Fame guy or anything. He's a guard. I just think his name started with a B. It was at the top of the list and he got voted for. And because he made it four times, now he made it five. Now because he made it five, he made it six. So the Pro Bowl was weird before, really weird. Yeah. Now it's actually, there's some data behind it. and It does help, doesn't it? There's a lot more information out there. Yeah. It's a good point. Wouldn't have Willie Anderson missing Pro Bowls in this day and age. No, exactly. Even in Cincinnati, he would be, no doubt in my mind, if he was 10 years later in his career, he'd be a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. And he ought to be anyway. But we've talked about that plenty. Yeah. That is our last question, Joe. That's going to wrap up the weekend mailbag. We did it. We breached an hour. Wow. It's time for us to go live our lives. I'm going to play a video game. I'm going to eat dinner. It's a different time zone. Three hours difference makes a world of difference in terms of activities. That'll do it for the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Go find us on the Himalaya podcast app, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Go give us a rating if you're still listening. That means that you've listened to an hour and three minutes of us talking about football and whatever tangents we went on today. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.